0: entertaining, cool. You are listening to LA Talk Radio. We say what we want.
1: You're listening to Impact Hiring Solutions with Brad Remillard and Barry Deutsch, only on LA Talk Radio.
0: Welcome, everyone, to another weekly installment of Impact Hiring Solutions Live here on LATalkRadio.com. My name is Barry Deutsch. I'm with my partner, Brad Remillard. We're founding partners of a hiring solutions company named Impact Hiring Solutions, where we provide tools, resources, tips, advice, and help to hiring managers and executives in improving their hiring accuracy and hiring top talent. And we also have a component of our business that helps executives and managers in their job search to reduce the time it takes to find an outstanding opportunity by 30, 40, 50%. Every week, we conduct one of these radio shows at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time here on LATalkRadio.com. One week, we'll focus on a subject for hiring managers and executives. For example, next week, we're going to be talking about how hiring managers can eliminate embellishment and sales hiring and then in the alternating weeks we discuss job search strategies job search tactics as we are today and the title of our program today is job boards are a poor job search strategy we'll get into a little more of that detail in just a moment if you'd like to participate in our call today you can do it in one of two ways first you can call in live just like a live talk show pose your question, thought, comment, share an example or illustration and you can do that by dialing Brad what's that number again?
1: 818 602 4929.
0: If you're in an environment where it's awkward to talk, it's noisy, you're, you know, it's cubicles, you're welcome to send your question, thought or comment to infoinfo info. again infoinfo info at impact HiringSolutions.com, and Brad and I will try to get your question, thought, or comment aired during the course of our program today. Okay, so the title of our show today is Job Boards or a Poor Job Search Strategy. The reason Brad and I have chosen this subject for today's talk is over the last 12 to 18 months, it strikes us that at an executive and managerial level, candidates Seeking a new opportunity or out of work are spending an inordinate amount of time focused on responding to job board ads, sending their resume, sending cover letters, trying to follow up if they can. And we're going to suggest that that is a very poor focus of your job search efforts. You still have to do some of it, but the kind of jobs you apply to, the amount of energy you invest is probably out of proportion for what should be invested in that area. Let me start with a premise, Brad, and then uh, I'll turn it over to you and we can move forward in our discussion. Research has shown, literally over the last 25 years, I mean, you could do a Google search on this, that there's something called the hidden job market. These are jobs that are not posted, not advertised, Yet comprise a large percentage of the available jobs out there. In some studies, that number can be as high as 75 to 80% of all jobs at a management or executive level are never posted. So, focusing 60, 70, 80% of your time in responding to job boards for jobs that are maybe 10, 15, or 20% of the market is an inappropriate balance of time invested in your job search. Many of our radio shows, much of our blog postings, and uh, many of the things that Brad and I have written about in our home study job search kits, our workbook, popular workbook, talk about how to penetrate that hidden job market to uncover the vast majority of jobs. So in our talk today, we're going to talk a little about some of the things you can do to be effective in that 10, 15, 20% of your job search efforts around job boards, but we'll also talk about some of the strategies you can do to move beyond the traditional job boards of obvious jobs into the hidden job market. Brad?
1: Yeah, I think uh, candidates, although they tend to say they don't spend much time on the job boards, you know, there are other things they're doing maybe beyond the job boards. I don't know that they're spending as much that much time on the job boards as much as they're relying on the job boards to bring them uh, their uh, next interview or next uh, job. I think they're frustrated that they check the job boards in the morning, maybe nothing there. I think one of the big frustrations – I just heard this last week from – I don't know if I heard somebody read me an email on it or not, but I think one of the big frustrations about candidates on the job boards right now is their belief – rightly or wrongly, and I haven't seen any statistics, I don't know, but many of the jobs posted in the job board aren't really real. They're just simply a lot of these candidate marketing services posting a bunch of fake jobs. So people will call them and then they bait and switch them into a, uh, you know, buy one of our coaching services. And so they're relying on these job boards too much when in reality is You know, historically, in the 30 years, I've been in the business 25, you've been in the business, Barry, maybe 15% of the jobs are filled through the job boards. And the other, you know, uh, whatever you want, 85, 80, whatever that number is, uh, are filled in other ways. And in particularly in today's world, I think job boards are becoming less and less relevant in the job. And once job search strategy, given all the social media issues, given the ability now to connect with people, uh, this hidden job market, what we used to call the hidden job market, this past job, market, is becoming much more of a, of an area where candidates should be concentrating their efforts, if not their time.
0: That's an excellent point, Brad. In fact, I'm, I'm searching through my computer right now for a, an article I just Uh, picked up on a major survey that was recently done that shows declining usage of the job boards by both hiring managers and candidates, um, I think representing that this whole wave of social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Ning, some of the other networking groups, is starting to play a much bigger role in facilitating connecting hiring managers and candidates together than we've seen in the last few years.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen that, but it does shock me a bit that I think you're going to find more and more the job boards becoming less and less relevant. Only because I think also uh, candidates are becoming frustrated with it because of all the you know fraud that goes on. I mean how many emails do you and I get from our blogs, uh, comments back on our blog? You can read through People can read through their listing about how frustrated people are with the job boards, even you and I. I mean – we stopped using job boards two years ago. We, we discontinued our use of the ladders and monsters and c- career builders at least two years ago. I, I wouldn't even think of using one today. Uh, I'm not going to pay $10,000 to go through their resume system when I can find the same resumes through Google, through Google Profiles, through LinkedIn, through all the other social media sources out there. Why would anybody pay a job board that kind of money to search resumes? Why would you post an ad up there when you have all these other resources first? It just doesn't make sense, and and networking is becoming both physical, offline, and online. networks becoming such a huge way of companies to find a job. Why would they do this? Why would they incur those costs when, in fact, you don't have to? Now, that doesn't mean that some companies won't, and maybe if, if hiring changes dramatically, the job boards will change, but you know the job board structure uh or business model has to change i mean you and i are talking about putting a job board up ourselves 100k plus job board but the model will be significantly different than the traditional pay to post a job or pay to search a resume and that model's got to change dramatically uh or it's going to go it's going to become obsolete like like uh what is it uh the one the ad. newspapers, yeah. Yeah, newspaper, yeah.
0: And I think we're going to see those trends accelerate where over the next few years, more and more candidates begin to connect with hiring managers, executives, human resources, recruiters through other means than responding uh, to an ad, even in good times. Um, I think it's now hit that critical mass where I mean, the vast majority of managers I talk to are more and more disgusted with the responses – and the use of job boards. I mean, if you if you were to survey our clients worldwide, most of them would tell you they are extremely disappointed with using job boards to try to get at good talent, and even to be able to discern, you know, who's a good candidate versus who's a bad candidate. They're so overwhelmed with with responses they can't even sort through it
1: yeah I think that's a big thing I mean, you and I speak to a lot of hiring managers and a lot of hiring authorities uh, on a on a monthly basis and continuously when we ask the question what's your biggest hiring frustration or uh, issue that you deal with time and time again uh, it is this concept of how do we get past all these resumes and I, the, and it's a great point because everybody's just as frustrated as everybody else, and we're sick of it. And as recruiters, we're in the same boat. I'm tired of getting a bunch of resumes that are absolutely worthless when I can target uh, the types of candidates One, And that's another great thing that we should talk about in social media is the ability to target a candidate. I mean you can go on LinkedIn right now, and you can target a geographical area. You can target an industry by subcategories. You can target – a functional area by subcategories, and you can get very specific on who you're trying to target and go after them, and it's becoming more and more sophisticated as time goes on.
0: And for candidates, that presents a whole other issue of how can they be found by hiring managers, human resource professionals, and recruiters that are using social media to get to them. I, I think it's kind of a, wouldn't you agree, sort of a, a, a double-edged sword is These tools are becoming more useful, but many candidates aren't doing the things that allow them to be found, and they're still spending way too much time in trying to find an opportunity as opposed to drawing higher managers, recruiters, HR folks into them.
1: Absolutely. I think uh, uh, candidates are at least a step behind, and I also think that uh, candidates – for lack of a better, we don't know any better. This, you know, this is the way it's always been done. This is the way we did it last time. This is the way I've been trained to do it. So they go through this same process over and over again. And how many cans do we hear day to day complaining about? You know, how long it's taking uh, to, to, to get in touch with people. And I think if they don't alter that. They're going to continue to do the, do the same thing. I mean, we do an extensive amount of job search coaching, not career coaching, but you got to already have the career. But we do a lot of job search coaching specifically around helping candidates understand how to get to the hiring manager, the company, the finding these job leads that we look at. We think is routine. Shocked that people don't understand this stuff. Surprised that when people say, huh? And yet that happens. It's just, I guess it's just life.
0: Well, let's take a couple of minutes, Brad, and uh, let's talk about if you're applying to jobs online. And and Brad and I are not suggesting you eliminate that from your job search strategy, but rather you allocate the appropriate amount of time to it. Um, I think many listeners... Many of the folks that are participating in our LinkedIn discussion group, reading our blog on job search, Brad, if if we sat down and analyzed where they invest their time in their job search, we would probably find a lot of their time is spent every day looking at job boards, checking out the new listings, sending resumes. um, and, And for that small 20%, you're going to spend a little bit of your time doing that. But let's talk about a few of the key what we might call job search best practices around how you might get more responses, more invitations to interviews through that component. And then we'll shift our discussion to the broader level of how, how candidates can uncover the hidden job market.
1: Okay. Where do you want to start?
0: What do you think is, is the number one thing or, you know, the top couple of things, Brad, that job seekers need to do when they respond to an ad online?
1: When they respond to an ad online. Well, I would say it depends a little bit. Are they responding to a company, a recruiter, a blind ad? So you may, you know, that, that's going to change how you interact with that person, just like anything. So if you're responding to a company, then, uh, you have to kind of step back a minute and evaluate. Are you responding to a URL? are you responding to an email address? Because a URL means immediately you're going into a resume – what do you call them? A resume –
0: what do you call those things? Uh, uh, Applicant tracking system. Yeah, an
1: yeah, an, uh, an applicant tracking system, an ATS. Right. So now it becomes an issue probably more of keywords being on your resume and making sure that you've incorporated the keywords in that ad into your resume. You're applying to an email you still want to make sure it's targeted, but the need for uh, targeting may be a little bit different. Some of the key things that we've written about, about how uh, companies and recruiters box checking a resume before they even really read a resume need to be there. And when you're trying to a recruiter, I think you want to make sure that you grab that recruiter's attention as quickly as possible on your on how you quickly you align directly with that position they're looking for. Title, location, industries, those kind of things, some of the accomplishments have to align very quickly. So you have to make some judgments. And I would also suggest to people this concept of keyword searching is a lot less than they realize because the vast majority of companies do not have an ATS or applicant tracking system. The large companies do, but the vast majority, I would say 90% of them do not have an applicant tracking system. Uh, so when you're applying, they're going to take a look at your resume. The question is, do you grab their attention when they do that?
0: Brad, what do you what do you think about the idea of having multiple resumes or customizing? You know, not that you'd have fifty different versions of your resume, but how important do you think it is to have a targeted or focused resume for the kind or level of job you're applying for?
1: I think that's the key. I mean. Uh, why would anybody in this economy, as I like to t- as I tell the candidates that I'm coaching and I work with, when we go through the first session, I look at their resume, I walk through how you're conducting your search, what are you doing? We kind of lay the ground with what they're doing, so we know where to alter. One of the things I like to tell the candidates is in this economy, nobody's looking for the jack of all trades; they're looking for the king and queen, and that's it. So if you're not coming across, if if you've got this generic, one size fits all resume, that's not what we're looking for. Companies are looking for very targeted, very specific kinds of experience. It may be industry. It may be uh, specific uh, uh, duties, tasks, accomplishments that are, being, that are required in that job. It may be a lot of different um, things that they're looking for. So you have to target it. Anybody who thinks about advertising for any length of time, thinks about the great advertising companies, the Nikes, the Apples, the McDonald's, um, they know that there are multiple ads for the same product because different things attract different people. Apple has multiple um, ads for their iPhone because some may be for the businessmen, some may be with the person that wants games, some may be for the applications, some may be for different processes. Same thing with the resume. It's your advertising document. It's your marketing document. You should have a targeted marketing document that's going to grab the attention and get you the attention of that from that resume. And a generic resume, one size fits all, is not going to do it.
0: Now, now here's the sad news probably to this is I'd say in the last, let's say during the recession, last two or three years, I, I have, I could probably count on one hand the number of times I've come across a candidate who had two or three versions of their resume for the different kinds of levels, roles, or industries they might be applying to. Most people have one standard, you know, generic, one-size-fits-all, and they hope the hiring manager gets it. Sort of the my background or resume speaks for itself.
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, well said.
0: And, and, And I would just reiterate with Brad is, Hiring in a down economy, which – what would you say, Brett? I'd say we're probably still going to be in this for another six months to a year.
1: Well, certainly certainly I think we're seeing signs of it coming out, but I think you're right. I mean hiring is always a um, delay or a – uh, you know, trails. I guess is the best way of saying uh, uh, coming out of a recession because companies don't want to make a quick hire. So you're probably right. Six months at least.
0: Okay. So we've got one best practice tip is you you started to talk a little about Brad is focusing on what kind of job you're applying for. I don't know if you I might have blanked out there for a minute, but. One of the things that I've seen a lot of times is hiring managers are frustrated by candidates that just blindly send hundreds of resumes out on on just any keyword, almost praying that in the shotgun approach, somebody will take pity upon them and call them in for an interview. Yeah. And, And many candidates I've talked to actually consider this to be a more effective strategy than targeting which jobs to apply to using social networking. They just they feel that the best strategy, take one type of resume, no cover letter, no response, just blast it out to every job that they see that's even remotely uh, uh, got a keyword in it that, that might be worth fitting. I mean, now if you're sending 200 resumes a week out, uh, I'm going to bet you're probably spending 90 to 100% of your time answering job ads on, online. And it's not, as we just talked about, a particularly useful strategy. Yes, there are exceptions to the rule. Yes, your neighbor two years ago found a great job by sending out hundreds of resumes every week. But, But the reality is that was luck. And if you base your job search on hope and luck, I can almost guarantee it's going to take two to three times longer than it should to find a great opportunity.
1: I think, and that's why I think again, I, and again, I think it's not necessarily they spend a lot of time on that physical time during the day. I think as they rely on it too much. So after the end of the day, if they've at the morning, they've gone through the new jobs posted, they've posted their resume, sent it out at the, and it's now nine o'clock in the morning. It's kind of like, well, what do I do now?
0: That's a really good point, Brad. You no. Know,
1: okay. What do I do for the rest of the day now? And a lot of them just go out burying. Well, let's see. I can have coffee with this guy and I can have coffee with her and I can have coffee with him. Oh, oh, this person was referred to me. I should go have coffee with them. So they make five or six phone calls, set up a cup of coffee meetings and they go out and think they've done a great job of networking. When in reality is they've accomplished nothing for that day. And I think, you know, we only got a half hour left. So we should really focus on some do's and don'ts to help these people now because they've got to get away from relying on these on these activities. I always tell people if you want to spend time on the job boards, you want to spend time on the internet, you wanna search the board, you go right ahead and spend hours doing that. I don't care if you just want to spend six, seven hours a day searching the internet for job, job leads and look at every ad on the board. That's fine. You do it from nine o'clock in the evening till three thirty in the morning. And then once 8 o'clock comes up, you get off the internet, you don't use the computer the rest of the day, you get out and you use the other ways that we're going to talk about to get this job done. You don't do it during the working hours.
0: Let's talk about just one more quick thing, Brad, and then I think we'll take a little commercial break here for some of our listeners that may have just joined us. Um, The use of cover letters when applying for an online job. Your thoughts? I know you've written a lot about this.
1: Say it again. I didn't hear you. Yeah, I didn't hear
0: the what you use said. Of again. cover letters in addition to a targeted resume, can you talk for just a moment or two and then we'll, we'll start to change the subject on the value of using a targeted cover letter when responding to an ad online? Many candidates do not want to go through the effort or the investment of writing a, a cover letter when they respond to an ad.
1: Yeah, I think, and we have a. On our website impacthiringsolutions.com, dot com, you can go there and you can download a an example of a, a cover letter we believe historically and having tested it, gets the results or certainly get your resume read fifty sixty percent more of the time than you will without it. And you could download that for free at impacthiringsolutions.com. dot com. Just scroll to the bottom of the what's New section, and you'll see a link that says cover letter. I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier, Barry, and that is the cover letter. If you're going to use one fine. But the purpose of a cover letter isn't to tell me how great you are, isn't it to introduce yourself, shouldn't be to uh, uh, recapitulate and regurgitate, as you like to say, uh, what's already on your resume. I already can see that on your resume. You don't need a third page to tell me that. What a cover- good cover letter should do is get me excited about reading your resume. That's the purpose of a cover letter is to get me so excited that I'm going to actually read your resume. I'm going to take a few extra seconds, whatever it may be, minute to actually look through that resume. So that's kind of like uh, the title, if you will, in a headline, in in an advertisement. It's to reach out, grab your attention, and get, convince them to read or watch the ad. It's to convince them to read your resume. The purpose of the cover letter we have is to demonstrate in one page how your background, how your accomplishments, how your skills and experience directly align with the needs of the position in a very short, eye-catching way, not paragraph that you have to read, but by just scanning the resume, these bullet points stick out, my eyes catch them, they align, and I look at, wow, this person really aligns with what I'm looking for. I want to read the resume and, ca- and uh, uh, see if it's true. So that's the real purpose of a of a cover letter to demonstrate quickly with just eye scanning motion, not reading like you have to read paragraph with words standing out, short bullet sentences standing out that direct and demonstrate how you directly align with that position. Then I'll read your resume.
0: Excellent points, and in fact, it's a great segue. Brad talked about that we have this free sample of of a structured cover letter that you can use that many candidates have found particularly useful when responding to ads, whether they're online or uh, through networking, uh, job leads, job referrals, and opportunities. Let me just share with our readers, uh, first of all, who we are, if you've just joined us, and some of the resources that are available uh, to you that go into much more depth than this call itself. Uh, Again, my name is Barry Deutsch. I'm with my partner, Brad Rumelard. We're founding partners of a hiring solutions company known as Impact Hiring Solutions. Every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, we conduct a radio show broadcast live here on latalkradio.com. One week, we'll focus on subjects related to effective job search for managers and executives, and in the alternating week, we'll talk about hiring, hiring accuracy, hiring top talent for executives and managers. For example, next Monday, we will be discussing how to eliminate lies, embellishment, and exaggeration in sales hiring aimed at sales managers, executives, recruiters, human resource uh, professionals. Okay, what are some of the resources you might have available to you on our website? We obviously have an e-commerce section where you can buy tapes, kits, tools, information. But in addition to that, Brad and I have assembled what is probably one of the greatest collections of free job search resources, tools, templates, and content. Every week we do these radio shows. Every Alternating weeks we do the one on job search. We take every one of these shows and we post it to our website in our free audio Library where you can download any of those shows going back now. Gosh, Brad, how long have we been doing this? I think it's a year this month, maybe a little over a year, almost a year. So there's you know almost fifty different programs, give or take for holidays and such. But um, there's a wealth of content there in these fifty to sixty minute uh, radio segments. Brad and I write a blog on job search, hundreds of articles, including uh, we have a number of guest publishers on. Everything about conducting an effective job search. You're welcome to read that blog. You can search the blog for key content and information. We have numerous templates, tools, checklists, examples, illustrations. You'll see many of these on a, a, you know, every other day, every day, new things being posted to our What's New section at the bottom of our homepage. A wealth of content, all of it's free. In this radio program, Brad and I are probably touching on you know, the proverbial 1% of the tip of the iceberg, and where you really get the deep, intensive uh, information and tools to implement what we're talking about is by going back to our website at ImpactHiringSolutions.com, downloading a sample of a cover letter, getting the LinkedIn profile self-assessment scorecard, and all the other material that we, we've put there. Brad, any any other thoughts, comments about uh, some of the resources we have available?
1: No, I think, uh, you know, I think that summarizes it well. I mean, obviously, these uh, resources are there for people to use. Uh, They should check back... you know, daily or weekly because we update them so often that if they really want to take advantage of them, that's the best way to do them is by checking back regularly so they are continually up to date. Like this radio show will be posted and you can then download it later on. So it'll be posted to our site and every week we do that.
0: So so Brad and I are going to, in the next fifteen or twenty minutes, sort of zip through a checklist of best practices that you can use to penetrate the hidden job market. We have talked about some of these in previous radio programs and our blog postings in more depth and detail. I I could almost say for every point that Brad and I are about to make through the remainder of our program, he and I could easily spend an entire radio show just on that one subject. So get your pencils ready. It's going to be a quick, fast list, uh, but almost a checklist of of the very best uh, practices in conducting an effective job search. Brad, where would you like to start?
1: Well, let's start with. Um, I, I guess let's start with. I think one of the areas. Let's get them off the internet and let's start them with um, the best way to just plain develop connections.
0: Okay, networking.
1: Yeah, offline networking, though, not online networking, because right. you know, still seventy percent of all jobs are found through networking. The biggest thing that comp- the candidates need to understand is a contact is not networking. Okay, So going out and having coffee with 30 people in a week means absolutely nothing. You have to first off step back and network with a purpose and begin to stop running to every networking meeting on the planet, stop meeting people all the time, stop accepting all these coffees and everything and burning yourself out networking, and step back a minute and start asking yourself, why are you meeting this person? What value will you get from this person? How will they lead you to the people you want to connect? Like we talked last week about one degree of separation. How will this person, if I'm going to sit down with X person, what value will they bring to me? Now, what value can I bring to them? But the reality is we always like to say networking is about helping other people. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. You don't network. If you're so interested in helping other people, why do you stop networking when you're working? You don't give a rip about the other people. The fact is you're networking to help you. So not to say you don't want to help other people, not to say you won't help other people, not to say that's not part of it. But let's be honest. The reason you're out hammering the the street every day is because you're looking for a job. So if the people you're meeting aren't going to lead you down that path or bring you one step closer to the, the, the people that are going to lead you to the job, stop meeting them. Go find people that can lead you there, which means you got to step back and you've got to put together a targeted list of people, companies, industry, service providers that you want to meet and only spend your time focused like a laser beam on people that will lead you to those connectors. Stop running around meeting a bunch of people because you got nothing better to do. You do. Step back and find the people that are going to connect you to the right people. Then find a line to meet with those people. Until you do that, you're going to get burned out.
0: Brad, I just got an email message came in from uh, Julie in Seattle. And Julie asked the question, I've got hundreds of people in my network. I go to network meetings all the time. I'm not sure I've got the right people in my network. How do I figure out who I should be spending time with.
1: Well, it's real simple. It's basically what I'm hearing, Julie, is you're saying that uh, I want to go on a trip. I don't have a clue where I'm going. I don't have a map. I don't have a GPS system. And I don't know if I'm going north or south. Can you help me get to my destination, Brad? No, I can't because you haven't identified where you want to go. You're like many candidates. Just throw shotgun out there, pump the shotgun five or six times and something will stick. If you want to know who you should network with, who are the connectors? You have to step back and put together a networking plan. What is is the industries you want to work in? Where are you? Where is your skill set? What is the best way to leverage your background? Who is it that wants your talents, who is it that connects with those people, and then go find them. We've talked about this many times. If you're in payroll, then identify who are the people that work in payroll. Well, I want to meet financial people. I want to meet HR people. I want to sell people that sell payroll systems. I want to meet uh, accountants. Uh, I want to meet uh, controllers. Now you have an idea who you want to meet. I want to meet financial planners, people that interact with payroll, so don't spend a lot of time going out and meeting people that aren't in that in in that general field. Get them out of your system twelve thirteen fourteen hundred contacts are absolutely worth it one hundred. Great connections are worth 1,200 contacts. So now that you know if you're in payroll and you want to meet these payroll people, start asking people, how do I meet people that sell payroll equipment? Identify those and get very specific, and that will direct you there just like you do when you go on a vacation. You don't drive randomly. So you got to do the same thing on your job search. Find exactly the connectors that will lead you there. And now you every person you're meeting is leading you one step closer to your goal of finding that job and the right job for you.
0: And as Brad said, we, we've spent a lot of time in our blog postings, our previous radio shows talking about this. And one of the ways we broke this down, Julie, was to categorize what are the three primary groups of people you want in your network. And and what Brad and I have found interesting over the years in this we do a lot of job search coaching with executives and the first thing we do is we sit down and we take a look at their existing set of contacts that are in their network and what kind of networking plan they have in place what do we discover that probably less than 10% of the ne- of their contacts are going to ever be capable of giving them a job lead or a job referral for the kind of job they're interested in and their entire Job Networking Plan Strategy and Tactics is based is willy-nilly, seat-of-the-pants, predicated on hope and luck. And Brad and I are talking about creating an actual, tactical, daily, weekly, monthly plan that wouldn't be any different from what you would do if you were taking on a major project at work. So now I'll cycle back around to the the first comment I made. We actually break down who should be in your network by – the direct hiring managers who would, or executives who would hire you, the kinds of recruiters who might place that specific role and work at that level, and then what we'll call trusted advisors, people who are service providers providing services to multiple executives that would hire you, such as someone who is selling advertising services to a VP of marketing, and you're looking for a job as a director of marketing. And if you can be effective at that, now you begin to build a very powerful network. All right, let's move on to the next best practice. And by the way, these are not necessarily in a David Letterman top 10 list, but we're just trying to hit the top maybe three to five best practices you should be focusing on in your job search to um, penetrate the hidden job market. Brad, what would be number two?
1: Number two would be then would be to – Uh when you meet with these people, have a plan as to where you want to go with it. Have a specific – I call it networking with a purpose. Now that I'm sitting down with you, Barry, how do I communicate with you exactly what I'm looking for? And I think one of the other big mistakes is that companies – is that candidates bring resumes to these meetings, and they hand the other person their resume. Now, what do you think that person does with that resume when they get back to their office? What filing cabinet do you think they put it in? It may either be the shredder or the trash can. You think they set that on their desk? You think that they pin that up to their bulletin board and wait every single day for you to to come up with a solution and hope to God that somebody hires them? or calls them and they can say, Oh, wait a minute, I got a resume right here. Nonsense. Barry and I have been waiting twenty five years for people to call us back. When they say, Oh, let me get back to my office and you know, I just met somebody like that. Let me get back to my office and uh I'll call you as soon as I get there and when I give the person's name. Twenty five years later I'm still waiting for these people to call me back. They get back, they get busy, they get maybe it's not the right person they thought, maybe they can't find it. They never call you back. So instead you need to bring a bio to those networking meetings. Now, in our book, this is not the position I accepted, which is our job search step-by-step methodology that we're talking about today that candidates should go through and should, as I tell them, work through this book. If they do that, they bring this bio. The bio is specifically designed so that person can engage you with the people you want to connect with. So you hand them the bio. The bio shows exactly who You want to connect with and that person can sit right there and say, Oh, I know this person. Oh, I know that company. Oh, I have a contact there. And you can begin to open the Rolodex right then and there on the spot and get that next level connection. You can, and they're leading you right to where you want to go. You're literally taking them by the hand and walking them down to the path you want to take them. You are not letting them take you on a tangent and with great intentions, by the way, and say to you, uh, you know, you really ought to meet so and so. Maybe you really ought to meet them, maybe you really ought not to meet them, and I'm sure they have good intentions, but they're not on your path. It's a tangent. It's a side trip on your vacation that most candidates don't want to take because they don't have the time to take it. So I suggest bringing a very specific bio. Do you have a networking business card that you bring with you, or do you bring a standard business card? Two different purposes for these cards. Again, in our book, this is not the position I accepted, there are examples of what a networking card looks like and what a business network, what a business card looks like. Two different functions, two different reasons for having them, and so the candidate needs to bring the right tools with them to these to our networking uh, meetings.
0: Barry, are you there? Sorry, hey? I had it on. Sorry, I had it, the call on mute. Brad, I think one of – welcome to live radio, right? I, I think one of the other best practices, in addition to who should be in your network, how to initiate the first networking call, would be how to build trust. Because it's been our experience that people are not going to give you job leads, give you job referrals unless they trust you. Just meeting them once is not going to be enough. You have to establish a relationship. And this doesn't happen overnight. This is why most candidates, I think, Brad, are stunned that they get, like you were talking about, they get hundreds of of names in their contact list. They go to all these networking meetings. They build up their their networking group. And now it's six months later, and they're they're sitting there scratching their head going, nobody's giving me job leads and referrals.
1: Yeah, this networking sucks. It never pays up. Boy, these guys had it all wrong.
0: Exactly. Just throwing names into a database is not networking. That's administrative tracking. That's not networking. Networking is building a deep relationship to the point where someone trusts you enough that when they hear of an opportunity from a close associate in their network, they're willing to provide that leader referral to you. And I think one of the greatest mistakes that many candidates make is they don't understand how important it is that the person they're looking for a lead from trusts them enough to give them that lead.
1: Well, again, I think it's interesting making, and I think candidates really need to distinguish this. And I would say the same thing to Julie, who sent the email in a little while ago. I tell you to go back through this great list that you have and ask yourself the question, how many of these people are contacts? How many of those people are truly connections and relationships? Most candidates find that there are a bunch of contacts. They've got a bunch of names. They've got a bunch of uh, phone numbers and emails. But a month later, two weeks later, they don't know Pat, if Pat was a male or female anymore. They just know, oh, Pat, yeah, I met this person, Pat. They don't know about them either. Well, Pat doesn't know who you are either. So having a bunch of contacts – the purpose of of networking is not to build a bunch of contacts. As Barry said, it's to build a relationship, and there are so many things you could do. I just wrote a blog article on this, the three steps you can do to keep in touch with people, I think it's called, um, and – there are a number of things you can do to build these relationships. Even after you meet the, pe- after you meet the person, there are so many ways today to keep in touch with people. You can send them, you can do some quick research on the internet and from time to time, send them an article or two that says, Hey, I, I saw this on your industry. I saw this information on your on a press release from your company. Invite them out for coffee in the morning. Invite them to a business event that you may be going to. Invite them to a networking event you might be going to. Invite them to a uh, trade show, a social event that you might be going to. Invite them to go play golf or some other event. Just keeping in touch with them. Send them updates regularly, monthly, quarterly on your uh, what's going on with you. There are – send them an announcement of a great book you just finished reading on a topic relevant that you may be talked about. Send them an article, a blog listing that you just read and say, hey, I just saw this blog. I thought you might be interested. There are so many ways to just touch these people time and time again without bothering them, without harassing them, without overdoing it. And we're talking a couple of times a month and just the the courtesy. And making them feel good to say, hey, I'm coming to this event. I have a table. I thought you might be interested. I'd like to know if you'd be interested in joining me. Just the fact that you even thought of them makes them feel good. Even if they say no to you, just the fact that you – guys, what a nice gesture for you to reach out. Nobody else has ever done that. Separates you from all the other people. There are so many ways that you can begin to build a relationship with these people above and beyond just the one-hour meeting you have with them and you walk away and never connect with them again. You should find a way to do that. And it's very simple to do in today's electronic world.
0: Great points, Brad. So just in summary, to begin to wrap up our program, our subject today was job boards are a poor job search strategy. What Brad and I were conveying through that was not necessarily that you should eliminate that as a job search strategy, but that you should refocus a lot of your time, energy, and efforts on classical networking techniques. We talked about some of those techniques, such as how to assess and evaluate who is appropriate to be in your network. We talked about how to establish that initial networking relationship and what to do in that first meeting. And then we touched on most recently in in this call, how to build trust and a relationship over time, so that you can generate an abundance of referrals and job leads from your existing network. Brad, any final thoughts before we bring our uh, broadcast to a close?
1: No, I think you touched upon. I mean, again, I would say stop relying on the job boards. They're worth about ten to fifteen percent of your search. So therefore. You should be contributing, you should be, as Barry spent time or relying on that for about ten to fifteen percent of your time and, and reliability on them. The big number is even recruiters are only fifteen percent. The big numbers are your networking. And how effectively and efficiently are you managing those that network? Are you networking with a purpose? And how effective are you at taking a contact, turning it into a connection, and turning that connection into a relationship? When you move from the contact to a connection and into a relationship, that's when you will start seeing the job leads, the referrals coming to you that – you're not getting by just running out to a bunch of networking meetings, spending a lot of time, making a lot of contacts that we coach people away from day in and day out. The, the hundreds of people that we have worked with that find jobs in 90 days or less is usually get them focused on the right things, doing the, it the right way. Those jobs are out there. Those leads are out there. Those recruiters are out there that want to work with you. Barry and I are executive recruiters. We want to fill those positions just as badly as you want to be the candidate to fill that position. The question is, how do you make sure that you're networked with me and Barry? And how do you make sure that it's so compelling that we want to network with you? Build a relationship. We believe every candidate should have three or four great recruiters that they have built relationships with both when they're working and when they're not working. So today's meeting really conversation or was about taking those contacts, building a network of great connections and relationships. Remember 100 great contacts and and connections, rather great 100 connections and relationships are worth 2000 contacts change the focus, and you'll change the result in your job search every single time. So as we sign off here, I'm Brad Rummelart. I'm with my partner, Barry Deutsch. You're listening to Impact Hiring Solutions Live. You can gather all this information from our website, impacthiringsolutions.com. Go to Candidates on the top menu. Click Free Resources. When it scrolls down to the Free Resources And you will see a wealth of information there beyond any website you'll go to that provides you the data you need to build a great job search. Have a great week, and next week we'll be back with Impact Hiring Solutions Live on L.A. Talk Radio. You're listening to Impact Hiring Solutions with Brad Remillard
0: and Barry Deutsch, only on L.A. Talk Radio.